0: Canadian Corey Connors, a Monday qualifier, wins at the Valero Texas Open, and captures the last spot into the Masters. Unbelievable. Let's dive in to the data that matters on this Data Monday. Let's tee it up. Welcome to Data Access Golf, your home for rapid golf improvement. And now, from the thin air of the Rocky Mountains, next on the number one tee, your host, Aaron Stewart. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Data Access Golf, the podcast. Welcome to Masters Week. Pretty exciting time for any of you that live in snow covered areas where you're covered in white and it's freezing, and you don't get to play through the winter. This sort of represents for all of us the start, the real start of the golf season, at least the start for us. We here in Utah, this is going to be our first 70 degree day. So spring is definitely upon us and golf is happening. So really exciting stuff. Uh, Congratulations to, there's obviously a few winners that we need to talk about today. So first of all, congratulations to Jin Young Ko, and her victory at the ANA Inspiration. Her golf swing is near picture perfect as any I've ever seen. Um, If you have a chance to go back and watch her swing, please do so. I learned a lot about her game and learned a lot about the golf swing by watching her play uh, this week, this weekend. So definitely go back and take a look at that. Actually going to do a whole podcast on her swing tomorrow because it's extraordinary. And also kind of her path to... uh, world number one now um, with that victory yesterday she became world number one in in the in the women's game so pretty impressive to win a major and achieve number one pretty quickly she won her first lpga tournament which is uh, incredible so a, a very nice swing beautiful and a good win for her she seems like a, a real stand-up person uh, very gracious um, in winning and really cool it was fun to watch good to see and then we obviously had our winner to the um, the Augusta Women's Amateur. I was again. I still can't quite get my head around why in the world we had the amateur on the same week as the first LPGA major. I I still can't. I still don't get it. I really don't. So hopefully they figure that out. It was really obviously wonderful for the women's game. Wonderful for the um, amateurs, no question about it. Really incredible to watch. Um, these amateurs can hit it a long way. It's a whole different world. When they get out to Cupcho uh, and Fozzie, I think their names were, man, they can hit the ball a long way. They generate a lot of clubhead speed. When they get out onto the LPGA Tour, which is very soon, they were holding off to get this am- this play at Augusta, it's going to be uh, something to watch. Um, there's definitely, there's, there's something coming, folks. I mean, all this technology, all this stuff that we're talking about is changing the game. And these young players are going to show us some stuff for sure. And that kind of goes along the lines of, I had the opportunity today to go up to Utah Valley University and meet with one Dr. Tyler Standiford, who works in the exercise ph- physiology department, uh, the physical fitness department uh, up at Utah Valley, and they have a a 3D sensor system with, boy, it had to be, I don't know, 10 cameras, and they put the sensors on your shoulders, and I was kind of in a, um, you know, uh, very odd position with these sensors all over you, but um, it was fascinating to get in there and, and work on with that equipment, and uh, they had a track band set up, so we're going to have kind of 3D plus... The equipment, Dr. Standiford and I believe, uh, both believe that there is a way to record your best golf swing, and then give you something to shoot for when your game gets a little out of whack. I've been doing that, obviously my own research with a swing bite and some other devices. He has much more professional and uh, equipment that we're going to be able to tap in and use and do some research with. So I'm very excited. To uh, collaborate with Dr. Standiford and I think we're going to have some really cool stuff coming up. He is now processing all the data that we captured today, and we will have a podcast in the next few weeks about that data. And then we'll talk uh, somewhat about our philosophies on using technology to develop our games so they fit us um, more readily. And we had a really good discussion about it, and I'm excited where that's going to go. So that's a very exciting thing as well. So. All good stuff coming up on Data Access Golf in the future. We're building up to something pretty cool here, I think. So, all right, let's move on then finally to the data that matters. Well, first off, let's go with master's picks for the week, right? Who do we think we're going to win? I am a, I am a total homer when it comes to the masters. I only like to see Americans win, period. I've always been that way. I'm just a complete homer. I, and I feel that way with every tournament played on American soil, but when, like, when you're on foreign soil, I, I, I'm happy for whoever wins. So just a total homer, I admit it completely that, uh, that that's who I am, that's what I'm all about. So when it comes to the British Open, whoever wins over there, good on ya. And if an American wins, great. And then if American doesn't win, great. It just really doesn't seem to matter to me one way or the other. But over here, i take great. I don't know. There's just something about it. And the Masters is, I don't know. For me, it's the biggest one. So uh, definitely one. I, I don't know if it's because it, it represents the golf season starting or just the majesty of it all. But uh, uh, winning at Augusta would be something else, right? Winning the Masters. So picks this week. I like... Francesco Molinari, which kills me because he's obviously Italian, but he's been playing so well. I I know Rory McIlroy's been playing well, but he seems to, these fast greens, I always worry about Rory's putting, and these super fast, quick greens, I don't know. I just don't know if that matches up. Francesco Molinari hasn't been typically a, a really good putter in the past, and I was looking at his numbers, but he's just, his game seems to fit, and he's playing so well right now. Obviously, I think Justin Rose is a strong contender. He's, he's been tied, what, 14 or better for the last seven years, so he knows how to play Augusta very well. I read that his, his caddy is back after three months after heart surgery, so that's got to be a nice emotional boost for him, for sure. And then one, Jordan Spieth. It seems even when his game is in, even when it is in very poor condition, he seems to come in and the, the Masters pull something out of him. I saw a stat on him where he has led 17 rounds since he started playing at the Masters. The next closest to him is like seven, Dustin Johnson. So he's got 10 more rounds in the lead than anybody else since 2014. It's quite uh, quite impressive. So we'll see if that follows through this week. But exciting time. I'll watch every single round. I hope you will too. It's going to be paramount. I've got a couple friends. Actually, this Dr. Standiford and his brother Ryan, who I'm good friends with, are actually going out to the Masters for Friday and Saturday. So excited to hear how their trip goes. I've never been personally. I don't know if that will ever happen. Um, But I've heard it's incredible. I've also got a friend of mine that will be out at the Par 3 tournament. He leaves tomorrow. So I'm going to have some good feedback from friends. And you just hear that it's just so beautiful and so amazing that you just can't take it in, right? Just physically, it's impossible to believe that something like that exists which is exactly how I used to feel when I was little and went to Disneyland, right? You just couldn't take it in. And I remember taking our our second son to Disneyland and we actually went to the electrical parade and he got sort of freaking out, looking at it and started shaking and he kind of just couldn't take his eyes off. So I think it's kind of that feeling, right? Where he just couldn't take in all the, the pageantry of it all and the grass is perfect and everything is perfect. So it sounds... They'll have a great time, and I'm excited to hear how it goes for them there at the Masters. Okay, so that leads us to a Data Monday where we talk about our most recent winner, and Corey Connors, a Canadian. I have said before I'm half Canadian, so I am okay when Canadians win. My mother's side, she is from British Columbia, so I have, uh, I believe, an O Canada, and I have half of me that, uh, that, that pumps deep red. And so this was a very exciting, a Monday qualifier who goes and gets it done and picks up the last invitation, the last spot in the Masters. Talk about a change of fortune. He uh, was gonna have the week off, right? And now he has to change his travel plans. And I read that he had told his wife to hold off. Don't check into the flight just yet. So he had a good feeling that something was going to go well for him and he went out and played magnificently one of the craziest final rounds you'll ever see. I'm looking at his card now. He obviously shot a 666, but how he got there was extraordinary. He birdies four out of the first five holes to go four under, and then proceeds to bogey the next four, and makes the turn at even par, right? And then somehow or another, gathers himself, and birdies the next three, right? So in, 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 in the course of 12 holes, he has one par, seven birdies, and four bogeys. Then he goes par birdie, par birdie, birdie, par, and ends up shooting a 66, 30 on the back to get it done. So really extraordinary. I, I can't, uh, emotionally speaking, you can't believe that. And if you have a chance, if you haven't seen this, go and watch his wife's facial expressions. You can see that the roller coaster ride for her uh, was tough as well, and it got to the end when he actually won. She just couldn't believe it. Very cute. I always love it when, when they get to celebrate with their families, and that was one of the best to watch her kind of go through that with them. Uh, very cool. Very cool stuff. So we're gonna dive into the data that matters now and see how he got things done. First and foremost, we'll look at what the win did for him as far as FedEx Cup numbers. So he went from 66th, which I was surprised with. I didn't know he would been so high. He's only made five cuts all year. So to be at 66th place with only five cuts made, he does quite well when he does get past um, the cut. He, he, finds, he finds the money. He gets it done well. So he went from 66th all the way up to 13th in the FedEx Cup standings. He has now for his consistency numbers, he has um, qualified he has entered 51 tournaments and he has made the cut 26 times for a rate of 51 percent which is by far lower than any of our previous champions all year um, we t- we spoke last week about graham mcdowell and kevin kisner at 69 percent and how those two are the lowest 51 percent right 18 spots lower than that now for the year it's even more bleak he's entered 13 tournaments and he's only made five cuts right? At a 38% rate. So to get a win from that is truly amazing. Obviously, his game hasn't been uh, in in very good shape. Although when he makes the cut, he does quite well. So maybe he's just a guy who gets it going on the weekend. When the pressure builds, he just kind of gets it going. Um, So let's take a look at his numbers then for the week, and we'll compare them to his 2018 numbers. And then we'll look to see how those compare to our benchmark numbers, which is for those that are just joining us, we use these benchmarks to, to measure our game against these benchmarks to see, to, to find where our game, game is weakest so we can work on our games in the areas that will help us improve the most. Instead of just randomly practice on things, we try to find using data where we should focus most on our games. So we'll start with driving accuracy. So, Corey, for this week, was, hit 64% of his fairways. In 2018, he averaged 63%. So just 1%, one percentage point higher than his average. And our benchmark then is 55% of fairways hit. So he's above that. His driving numbers are okay. And for those that are wondering, hey, 55% doesn't sound so high. Um, those that hit less than 55% of their fairways on tour, Rory McIlroy, Phil Mickelson, and Tony Finau. Okay, just to kind of put your mind at rest, these are solid benchmark numbers to practice against. So if you're hitting over 55% of your fairways, you're in good shape. Okay, don't worry about your driver as much. You can practice it if you want to, but but don't get upset if you miss fairways. You're gonna miss one out of two and don't get upset when you do. That's pretty standard on the tour. Okay, greens and regulation. So this is where Corey got it done. He hit 82% of his greens his average for 2018 was 70 percent okay so 12 points higher than his average and our benchmark for that is 65 percent of greens and regulation those that hit less than 65 percent on tour phil mickelson jason duffner and patrick reed i'm just grabbing names of people that hopefully everybody recognizes to show you that these are still very much tour quality games Okay, 65% greens and regulation. If you're hitting more than 65%, your game's in good shape. Find something else to work on. Okay, sand saves. So for the week, Corey was at 27%, so not so sharp. But for his 2018 number, 44%. Uh, We say you need to get up and down 45% is our benchmark, so Corey needs a little work in the sand game. Those that get up and down less than 45% on tour, Tony Finau, Bubba Watson, and Gary Woodland. Okay. Strokes gained putting, we just throw that out there. It's, again, it's a per tournament number, 0.541. So just half a stroke um, per round against the field, right? So two full strokes against the field, which is what he won by. So maybe that was enough to get it done, right? His scrambling numbers, they don't give this to us. Scrambling, they don't give it to us per tournament. I don't know why. They've gone to strokes gain, which is fine. But uh, So his scrambling numbers for 2018, 58%. Our benchmark is 55%. So just a little over our benchmark, he would be fine there. Adam Scott, Gary Woodland, Jason Kokrak are players that get up and down less than 55% from around the green. Putting from 20 to 25 feet. Corey only makes 5% of those our benchmark is 10%. So, Corey could use a little work there in the 20 to 25 footers. And uh, from 15 to 20 feet putting, uh, Corey makes 15%. Our benchmark is 17%. So again, low there. Um, again putting. Um, and we could see in his strokes game putting for all of 2018, um, he actually lost ground to the field in putting. So. Putting would obviously be considered a weakness of his. And we'll look at, see, putting from 10 to 15 feet, he made 32% of those in 2018. Our benchmark number is 28%. Those that make less than 28%, Patrick Reed, Keegan Bradley, Francisco Molinari. Back to those putting numbers that I was talking about. Um, Of the four numbers that we track, the five-footers, 10 to 15, 15 to 20, and 25, Corey is below our benchmarks in three out of four of them. So, from five feet, he makes 74% of his five footers. Our benchmark is 80%. And those that make less than 80% Ian Poulter, John Rahm, and Kevin Na. And then we say that you should be making at least uh, less than 30 putts per round. Um, Corey averages 29.84 in 2018. So, just barely under that number. Um, And that's what we're trying to shoot for as well. Okay, so those are our numbers. Again, these benchmark numbers. And I'm going to, I'll go through them really quickly right now if you want to grab a, a pencil and write these down. Driving accuracy is 55%. Greens and regulation, 65%. Sand saves, 45%. Scrambling, 55%. Putting, 20 to 25 feet, 10%. Putting, 15 to 20 feet, 17%. Putting, 15 to 10 to 15 feet, 28%. Putting from 5 feet, 80%. And you should average less than 30 putts per round for your putty. Okay, so hopefully those are helpful to you to manage your game and watch your game and focus on them. But let's jump into the money. We always like to do this. So um, Corey made $1.35 million for his efforts over the weekend, uh, which is a great, right, which is great cash right off the bat. But the master's invitation probably means more to him than that. He did it in a total of 268 strokes, so 20 under par, which equals out to be $337,500 per day for those four days, which then equals, assuming five hour rounds, $67,500 per hour, which is a good rate, or per stroke, $5,037 per stroke. Awesome numbers and congratulations to Corey for sure. Um, his ball striking was incredible. His dream, greens and regulation over 80% played very well. Oh, a Monday qualifier, that kind of pressure, four bogeys in a row to end the the front nine and then to turn it around and go six under on the back nine on a Sunday with the master's imitation as the prize. The pressure, I can't, We we cannot overstate how impressive that is. And I hope that he enjoys the Masters. Um, Whether he does well or not, I don't think matters at this point. He's there this year, he'll be there next year. That's gotta be exciting. No more Monday qualifying for a while. So very exciting times for Canadian Corey Connors and his lovely wife and hope they enjoy it. I hope you enjoy Masters Week. Uh, We've changed the podcast cover to match with Masters Colors. Um, That was kind of fun, so we'll do that as well. Until next time, please remember, better data means better golf to be continued. Thanks. Thanks for listening to Data Access Golf with Aaron Stewart. Check us out online at dataaccessgolf.com, and we'll see you on the next episode.